0: Emily! I brought some piranha plants! Huh. I thought for sure that Emily would be here by now.
1: I am! Ah! I'm up here, Josh, with the bats. Holy moly. Cool, huh? I'm really getting into the dungeon spirit. You know how Will was getting a little disappointed with me and all. How long have
0: you been up there? Wait a second. How did you get up there?
1: I have a magic meter, remember? I cast float on myself!
0: Wow. That must be one powerful spell to lift you all the way to the lofted ceiling.
1: It usually isn't like this, actually. I don't know what I did. And I'm also not sure when it'll wear off. Uh Uh-oh. Can you, uh, cue up my selection on the jukebox today?
0: Sure, no problem.
1: And if I drift down within range, just grab my foot or something. We can use one of those ball and chains to anchor me. Sounds like a plan. Go team! Alright, so if you wouldn't mind... Uh Uh-huh. The first track that I want to play comes from the game Resident Evil Outbreak. It is the main title theme, composed by Akihiko Matsumoto, and it was for the PlayStation 2. My history with the Resident Evil games is a long and winding one. It started when I was a kid and was morbidly fascinated by a gaming magazine story about the original, but I was totally convinced I could never play the games myself. Later in high school, I convinced VGMJB patron and lifelong friend Jeremy to take the helm at Code Veronica for the Dreamcast, with me as his wingman. In college a few years after, another lifelong friend and I spent a great deal of vacation together eating tons of popcorn and playing through her copy of the original game, Director's Cut. I was the wingman again, but when I got back from that trip, I was finally feeling courageous enough to try my hand at things. I played through the N64 copy of Resident Evil 2 that my boyfriend happened to have, and I was so proud of myself. Fueled by this gaming slow burn turned full-blown obsession, my boyfriend and I bought our first joint piece of property together, a PlayStation 2, which we decided to name Claire, and picked up a box set of PS2 Resident Evil games. Thus, we came into owning the game Resident Evil Outbreak. I didn't know what to expect of Outbreak when we popped in the disc, but what I do remember is being absolutely transfixed by the opening cinematic and music. And I mean totally transfixed. I couldn't look away. Neither of us said a word. I can't recall anything else I've seen that was so gross and so beautiful at the same time. I mean, it's breathtaking, in my opinion, really. And having watched and played so much of the series, the cinematic was so rewarding. In just a minute or two, it illustrated the story gap between Resident Evil 1 and 2 in an incredibly satisfying way. To me, it felt like all those years of weird obsession were culminating into this one brilliant moment of clarity.
0: Wow. Um. I gotta check out this... Opening scene that you're talking about, Um, but I do want to say one of the things that uh, Struck me about what you said where you said it was So beautiful and so gross at the same time. Yeah, this song is not gross No, but uh, it is so beautiful and yet so spooky at the same time I, I don't think I've ever heard such a spooky song be so beautiful actually
1: it's, uh, the, the contrast of the music to what's going on, and the artistic direction of everything is so interesting. It's a completely tragic story, and it's, it's really gross. There's a lot of blood, there are some kind of horrible deaths going on, so for those of you who might be sensitive to such things, just be aware. But it's so artistic, and uh, mm. I don't know, it's just, it's so mu- moving in a terrible way. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just gorgeous. Well, if
0: you can handle that, I'm sure you could play Zombies Ate My Neighbors.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. My, but yeah, this is, a, this is a really interesting game. It's um, a multiplayer game before multiplayer was really an entrenched genre, I suppose. You have, I think, four players that can play simultaneously. I think, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it was before you could voice chat, or you couldn't. Could you voice chat on the PlayStation Two? Maybe not.
0: Uh, maybe. I think I don't so. Remember. No, I don't know.
1: I don't remember. Well, in this game, at least you actually had to issue commands. Like, on the screen, it would pop up, and it would say "Go here," and that's how you would communicate with your teammates. So. Hmm. And by the time we had it, we were not multiplaying with with people.
0: Oh, so did you all invent your own character to be in this Resident Evil world?
1: I can't remember how it works. I'm Everything I may have just said about this game might be completely wrong. Oh. Because I really don't remember how it works. I just remember that there were a couple of characters that were controlled by AI, but could be controlled by people, perhaps. And, did you ever... Uh,
0: um, did you ever play Resident Evil 1? Did you ever get- Yes, I did. Oh, you did, okay. Oh yes, yeah, I, I missed that. Uh... You, you know what this I... game
1: is like? Outbreak is like Left for Dead. I think it's Left for Dead before Left for Dead existed. If that makes any sense to anybody out there. I think. But patrons, please write in and correct me.
0: I feel like all you... Resident Evils are Left for Dead. No, kind I don't of, know about that. Well, kind not... of.
1: Except that this was a, a collaborative experience where you're just trying to survive as long as you can. Oh. oh, that's interesting. And you're moving through the city and everything. Do you know the story about, you know, the Resident Evil stories, basically? Yeah, kind
0: of. Um, it's like the Umbrella Corporation is creating some sort of uh, serum. I think they're trying to make a super soldier for the yeah, they military are. or something like that. Yeah, they are. But then they end up making a bunch of zombie, uh, making a bunch of zombies. Do you ever find out they were never trying to make a military weapon? They just wanted to, like, take over the world or something like that?
1: I don't know, because there are a lot of games in the series that I haven't played yet.
0: It'd be cool if it went deeper than that. If it goes deeper than that, I don't know about it.
1: It goes deeper in the sense that there are more Umbrella Corporations scattered around the globe that are doing different things. And, uh... So that's kind of interesting. Actually, in the N64 version of Resident Evil 2, I think that was the final... Of all of the versions that were ported to systems, I think the N64 version was the last one. And they actually put in memos in the N64 version that were not there in... other versions for other consoles that actually link the story to other games that were later, that already existed at that point. That makes no sense at all.
0: No, I think I know what you mean. By memos you mean like little clues and notes and stuff? Yeah,
1: notes notes from characters that appeared in other Resident Evil games that maybe... Those memos had not been in the original PlayStation Mm. version. Anyway. Um, well, yeah, it's a so fitting... you were right. You're right about the Resident Evil story. And in Resident Evil 2, Raccoon City becomes infected with the T-virus, and Outbreak is the little period of time in between, and it shows you how the virus moved from the, the mansion to the entire city.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. So, at the end of the game you're talking about, Resident Evil is just a completely abandoned city, then. The whole city, forever.
1: I don't know what happens to Raccoon City. Mm. Actually.
0: Do you think the I government just will nuke it?
1: Um Well, all the games end with some large explosion. Mm. <laughs> There's always the final thing that you have to blow up. But um I'm trying to remember. Cuz I didn't play Nemesis. I started.
0: You know the what my favorite part of Resident Evil is when uh you wake up that or you kind of shake that zombie out of its eating frenzy oh. and then he pulls his head up and yeah. uh, he has no lips because I guess he ate off his own lips Yeah. and then later on you're like reading notes from a scientist and uh, his notes become <laughs> like a series of uh, his feelings about eating flesh he's like yes. he's like today Today I feel itchy and I kind of yes. feel hungry for flesh or something like that. Yes. And then what's funny is um, his last entry is itchy, tasty. Tasty, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then he bursts out of the closet. But, Sorry, everybody.
0: <laughs> but I, <laughs> I like the him. idea of a zombie sitting down <laughs> to uh, <laughs> type on the typewriter and they're just like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Itchy. <laughs> tasty. Tasty. Sounds good Uh, I'm gonna go hang out in this closet
1: (laughs) That is such a moment I hate that guy actually Because in the beginning of his entries Before they start devolving He's talking about how he's supposed to be Taking care of the animals in the basement And feeding them But they're annoying him because they're barking so much So he's like I didn't feed them today Ha 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 And I'm like alright you're a jerk (laughs) That's funny I say itchy tasty a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> when you're hungry or when when you're when itchy. itchy, I don't know. Sometimes it just comes up and it makes sense in conversation. That's so funny. That I you love that itchy too. tasty. Yeah, that's my favorite part. <laughs> All right, that was a long time on Resident Evil. I'm gonna give you the floor now.
0: All right. Well, this next song is from Musha. Woo. This is called Theme of Musha or Theme of Musha Aleste, whatever that means. The composer is Toshiaki Sakoda. You are speaking to the proud owner of Musha. Well, at least I used to have Musha, I don't know where it is now, but I loved Musha so much when I did have it. And uh, so did my little brothers. In fact, one time I remember being on a family trip, um, and we were in a hotel with no TV. I ended up telling my brothers some kind of bedtime story. Uh, My sister was probably there, too, and it was about Musha, somehow. They actually seemed to really like the story. Uh, I don't remember the story, but it could have just been the passion with which I told (laughs) the tale, because I don't think I was uh, keen at writing plot points or anything like that. Um, But yeah.
1: That's such a cute story!
0: Yeah. He's such a good brother. I just remembered that right now, actually. Yeah, this sound is very distinct, and so it kind of transports me back to uh, those Genesis days.
1: Mm-hmm. I know I've asked you before, but I forget. Are you the eldest?
0: Yeah, so... You are. I was. So I was the oldest one, and I was, like, telling some kind of story about Musha. Which is funny. You know what's funny about Musha is there's... A little tiny story that they tell at the beginning of the uh of the game basically you see you like instead of just starting with you flying forward into you know the enemies you fly forward but there's four other guys with you they all look different but actually they just have the power ups and so they look different and you don't know that yet but Anyways, um, and then these two giant laser beams blast your, um, friends down, or your team down, and so you're all alone.
1: Oh, all alone on that bloody road. Yep, all
0: alone on that bloody road. but just that little bit is enough to, I think, spark the imagination, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: It's funny, because you could actually, like, fly into the lasers as they were blowing up your teammates, and it wouldn't affect you. You have to imagine you're on, like, a a higher plane or something, but...
1: Wow. Did that move you as a kid? I mean, it must have, if it made that much of an impression.
0: I suppose it did, yeah.
1: Suddenly, everything got really, really serious.
0: I think I just thought it was cool, you know, like... I didn't have too much attachment, obviously, to those other people who were on my team or whatever these characters, but it was enough for me just to think, oh, we were all once friends and now they're gone, you know.
1: Yeah. Wow. I know I've already mentioned Ranger X before, but Ranger X kind of has a similar setup. There are cinematics that don't really explain a whole lot. The manual! It goes on and on and on about the setup, but the actual cinematics are kind of minimalistic. Mm. And it's the same thing, it's, you know, it begins with some ships flying through the dark and the sun comes up slowly and they advance towards a city and then there are a whole bunch of explosions and it's just good, solid, concise storytelling. And it really pulls you in. Mm. I love this track, by the way, Yeah, I'm rocking out, rocking out hard.
0: (laughs) I think this is a, an Emily track. It definitely yeah. sounds like uh, the future or whatever.
1: Oh, it's great. And you know something, a little detail that I absolutely love about this track is that the two snare drum sounds are a little bit off. So the drummer isn't just hitting the snare drum together. There's like a to tunk to tunk to it each time. Does that make any sense? Oh, it doesn't happen all the time, apparently. I'm hearing it now and it's just the one.
0: I think it's during the
1: beginning of it. It'll come up eventually.
0: I I know what you're talking about. Uh, I think they just did it right... Oh, he's doing it right now.
1: Yeah, the intro. That's That's neat. I think that's really neat. (laughs) I'm into it. I'm into this track. I'm assuming... I I think I've... I know I've watched footage of Lucia online. I don't know that I've just sat and listened to the soundtrack though, but obviously that needs to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, get up on that. Uh, it's a great game, and I think I beat it.
1: I was just about to ask you if you. Did. I remember
0: yeah. having some very satisfying moment with it, but I don't know if I kind of changed the parameters on my definition of success for that game because of how <laughs> right. hard it is. So I yeah, I don't. I'm not a hundred percent. But I know for sure I got to the last level, and I either began to just consider or the last boss, and I may have began to consider just getting to the last boss as winning the game. But I kind of feel like I beat him. But I might have beat him in easy mode or something like that. I don't really know.
1: That's still a win.
0: A win's a win. But you're
1: you're not a hundo on it. You're just a dulcim on it.
0: I mean, I saw I watched the ending footage, and it didn't really look familiar, but. I would have only seen it once, too, so I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: And you would have been so ecstatic. Would you have even been able to process anything that happened after you beat Musha as a child? I know.
0: I would just be, like, laying on the ground, like, <laughs>
1: anime-like <laughs>
0: graphics. <laughs> Anyways, it's a, it's a cool game. And I guess it's worth a lot of money these days, so I wish I yeah, had it. Yeah, it is. I wish I had it.
1: I bet one of your brothers took it. Somebody's got it. You know, all oh, those boys <sighs> up be like, I'm not going to tell you any more bedtime stories about Musha until you give back my cartridge.
0: <laughs> this is sort of bringing me to my own gaming uh, habits or whatever, uh, but I did want to tell you, I know a lot of listeners, or uh, patrons rather, have been making uh, recommendations to play games that I can actually access on my Wii, mm. and so I um, I did buy a new game on my Wii, and uh, I want to tell you what I What's bought. What's the title? Um, but I think what I actually ended up purchasing and what I've been addicted to lately, I think does say a lot about me. I bought Burger Time,
1: <gasps>
0: and I'm just, I'm very addicted to Burger Time. It is I. so hard. Oh, what were you going to say? It
1: no. is! Okay, I loved that game as a kid. We had it on my Apple IIe. Yeah. And I I could do stuff on it. Mm -hmm. I went to an arcade and I tried to play Burger Time. Can't even do a thing. I just keep dying in the same spot because I can't figure out how to get around the enemies.
0: It's so hard. The uh, sausages, the uh, artificial intelligence that controls them is (laughs) infuriating because sometimes they seem so dumb. They just walk the opposite direction. But other times they... (laughs) they just totally um you know close in on you it's so hard and also you shouldn't i think i learned one strategy which is not to kill them you okay. you want them to be following you in a giant chain as you like uh you know make all the burgers right but if you kill them then they'll start coming back out from the different sides of the screen
1: oh okay That's interesting, but so much less satisfying. I mean, there's nothing like dropping a burger on your advancing deli meats.
0: Well, you can (laughs) still do that. And you're actually still supposed to drop them. Like, when they get onto the food, then you want to drop them because then they go further down. Right. uh, If if that all sounded like just nonsense to somebody, I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) They probably don't know what burger time is, but check that game out that's um, that's how I like my games no story whatsoever
1: <laughs> just inexplicable concepts I just wanted okay, to be you're hard a chef.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah you're a chef you're walking over giant burgers to create them yeah you have three dashes of salt yeah or pepper go
0: yeah it's... that's
1: Josh's favorite game
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the things I like about those old games is uh, they're just hard. As yeah. soon as you start playing, it's hard. And uh, so that that's convenient in a way. Because like, I really love Streets of Rage 3 and 2. But you get to a point where you're like perfecting the first two levels. And it's yeah. like, you have to do it though, again, if you want to beat the game. And it's just, you know, wears you down.
1: That's interesting, because I kind of like that. I used to practice hard levels. If I could beat the final boss of a game, Sonic 2 comes to mind, Nintendo, uh, Mario 64 comes to mind. Yeah. Um, Because that last level leading up to Bowser is kind of difficult. It draws on all the skills that you've learned. I used to play those levels over and over and over and over again, almost like practice to make sure I could still have it. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I was like no, practicing it's cool BNP if you can BNP go games, to the hard games. Like in Olympian games. trains.
0: No, I get that. I mean the problem is when you can't get to the hard part to practice it without going through oh. stages of the easy stuff. You know? I see what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, the, playing the first level of any Streets of Rage is just a waste of time for me now. Because right. I... My timing... I mean I guess it's good to get your timing up or whatever, but it just feels so long. I think there's a whole extra level, as far as I'm concerned, with Streets of Rage 2. just didn't need to happen. You could skip from 1 to 3, uh, anyways.
1: I get you, though. I definitely feel that fatigue of, oh, I have to do this level again. Yeah. Especially if you get right to the end and then you die. Yeah. And you look at the half an hour that just vanished in front of you, Yeah. all that work, gone.
0: Yeah, but burger time, It's like <laughs> good luck with the first level. <laughs> they give you, uh, yeah. I haven't well, i barely got to the third level. I can't even imagine getting past the third level. Like, I can't conceptualize how what I would have to do. It's it's uh it's insane. But we'll see. Maybe I'll do it later today, if I'm lucky. You
1: keep us informed on your quest to perfect this is uh, America's Hamburgers. <laughs> I'm going to
0: start a new segment of the show called Burger Time. <laughs> and it's just. A... <laughs> or Burger Time Time, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, call it Burger Time Time.
0: Burger Time Time.
1: Josh here on Burger Time Time. Today, I got to level two. <laughs> I got approximately three seconds further than I did last time. I okay. think that's a good improvement. Today Stay I'd... tuned.
0: Yeah. Oh but I do have that game in the arcade, so it was still along the lines of what I wanna do, which is get good at a home console version. But you're saying I guess right. it won't work. We'll see.
1: Depends on the port.
0: We'll see. Yeah. I got Completely the NES. did work
1: for the Apple IIe to uh, arcade situation. Oh yeah, but your situation might be different.
0: Mine's a NES. It feels it feels the same. Also really stiff controls, man. If you're not exactly <laughs> on that the right rung, you can't Yep. You gotta get all the way off the ladder. I mean, to get to uh, move right or left, and you it's have to true. be right above the ladder to go down it.
1: I'm mm-hmm. getting excited
0: just thinking about how frustrated I'm gonna be later on today.
1: Can I ask a random question about arcade game experience for you? Yeah, sure. Do you stand or sit in a, in a chair or on a stool? You
0: can't sit. I'll do a sit down if they have those uh, sit down arcades. I mean. There's the tabletops. Yeah,
1: no, I don't mean the cocktail cabinets. I mean sitting on a stool at an actual regular upright cabinet.
0: I think I... Because I know sometimes they have stools. I guess I'll sit on a stool if it's there. I guess. Okay. Yeah.
1: Just wondering. I find the physical aspect of playing arcade games to be very uncomfortable most of the time. Oh, I see. So I would prefer to get situated and then take my time. That's funny.
0: Yeah, I was... Unfortunately, playing like a stand up Space Harrier and stand up Outrun, and uh. Would have been cooler, probably, to sit down to the. At least for the Outrun.
1: Yeah. Burger time time.
0: Burger time. <laughs> that was burger time time.
1: So <laughs> coming. All right.
0: Coming at ya. Alright.
1: Shall we move on?
0: We probably should.
1: That was really fun though. I look forward to the next installment of Burger Time time. Uh, sure. In the meantime time, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with a track from the game The Secret of Monkey Island. This is a computer game. We're gonna be hearing the title screen track, and this is a very well-known track, but it's very important to me. So I'm gonna play it. The composers are Michael Land, Barney Jones, and Andy Newell. And I'm not exactly sure which version This cut comes from I don't know what computer system this one is for But it's the one that I remember From one of my friends houses So So here we go Secret of, of Monkey Island title screen Not far into my first serious post-college employment gig, I found myself gravitating toward a particular coworker who had a similar sense of humor and interest in technology. At some point before we knew each other particularly well, we were having a conversation that happened to glance by video games. If I remember right, he told me that he didn't really play anymore, but when I pressed him for a few titles he used to like, he thought about it, and mentioned The LucasArts Point and Click Adventures, and specifically The Secret of Monkey Island. I remember I was so excited by this revelation that I made a huge gesture with my arms and shouted, I love that game! Mm -hmm. I can also remember the startled but amused look on his face and my ridiculously passionate outburst, not least of which because we work in a library. So what makes this story so interesting? Well, this coworker and I are two generations apart. He's twice my age, and yet we were able to connect over a video game that we both really loved and had experienced at very different times and situations in our lives. After that fateful conversation, we suddenly had a pool of jokes and references we could share that literally no one else in the building understood, and a handful of tunes we could hum around each other to inspire a quick smile. How cool is that? And what are the odds? Uh, that's cool.
0: I thought it was really cool. So there's, like, Monkey... Is Monkey Island a funny game, or were you guys just had uh, your own references to the game that was funny?
1: No, it's a funny game. Is it, like, a puzzle game? Like a
0: point-and-click game or something?
1: It is. It's a point-and-click game, so uh, most of the things that you do involve puzzles, and it's one of those, um... I think LucasArts did it first, but you have the grouping of of na- uh, verbs... So it'll be like, look at, or pick up, open, close. So you'll click on open, and then a door, and then the door opens. Oh. That right. kind of thing. Or, or use chicken with a pulley in the middle with, yeah. you know, wire or something.
0: Those can be pretty fun. I do like
1: that. Um... This is a fantastic game. Hmm. I highly recommend it. I know some people really don't like point-and-click adventures, so it may not be for you, but... The dialogue is hilarious. The story is very cute. I actually Um, like point-and-click
0: games, but I actually don't think they're funny. Oh, really? Even when there's jokes in it, I don't like the rate that the jokes occur in. The timing? Yeah, the timing, because... And especially when there's, like, a joke that you have to keep listening to over and over again because you're clicking on the wrong thing or something like that.
1: Uh, interesting.
0: I don't... First of all, the whole idea of a a joke is it should surprise you. But then with the point-and-click game, it's like you click something and you know a joke is coming. And then... So for me, it's, like, got disappointment just built into it, I guess, with the timing. And then sometimes I have to... if you have to click a sequence of events, then you have to hear the joke from the first sequence or from the first event like several times. I hate that. What
1: game are you thinking of?
0: I'm thinking of the Strong Bad video game. Okay. The Strong Bad point-and-click, but and I also I yet. the other, some other I've have seen have been like that. I think.
1: You might be pleasantly surprised with the Secret of Monkey Island. First of all, the original doesn't have any vocals It's all text on screen. Oh, okay. So that might appeal to you. So you're just listening to the music and and reading the text. But I'd also recommend my favorite point-and-click adventure ever, also a LucasArts game, is Day of the Tentacle, which is the spiritual successor to Maniac Mansion. That one has dialogue Mm -hmm. uh, and actual voice recordings of actors and actresses. And it's so... Good. I I don't know if you have this experience with it, with the oh, jokes. Sure. Kind of repeating, but they're actually remaking that game, and I don't know if they're making it for. Why don't, do you? What what is your most current system right now? The Wii.
0: The Nintendo Wii.
1: The Nintendo Wii. Okay. Yeah. They may not be releasing it for the Wii. Probably not Maybe you could download it. No, they it. won't.
0: They won't. They're not. Doing... Mm. They're done with the Wii.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: I'm pretty sure That's disappointing.
1: If there's a way for you to try, Day of the Tentacle and patrons, if there's a way for you to try this game, trust me, it is fantastic. It's one of those games that I played as a child and I'm still quoting with my friends. Mm. So check it out. It's an order. Um, That's sad that you've had bad experiences with point and clicks, though. No, I
0: mean, look, it wasn't awful. It's just... Compared to watching a cartoon that's funny, just right. the humor part of it, I found I found a little off or tedious or something. Mm-hmm. But um, I do I do like that Strong Bad game in general. Do you remember what what they were called that series?
1: It's like Strong Bad's great game for awesome game for beautiful people. <laughs> yes, yeah, like it's,
0: it's cool game for attractive people. There we go. Yeah, it's funny.
1: I've always meant to play those so we've talked about that because you and i both loved homestar runner so
0: yeah we share a lot of uh interests i think yeah homestar runner teenage mutant ninja turtles which we can talk about a lot uh star trek yeah um power rangers or something (laughs) or the cons
1: super into power rangers but I that think you're the into the concept of time. color.
0: You like Sailor Moon, I like Power Rangers. I don't know. It's oh, yeah, so, yeah. That basic similar.
1: concept of a, a team of complementary personalities.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, Power Rangers is okay, but I was actually watching the uh, the predecessors to Power Rangers in Japanese when I was a very, very little kid. So, the, so um I'm not like saying Ultra that.
1: Ultraman? I don't remember which ones no. these are.
0: No, they would be called like Changiman or uh, Maskuman or uh, just different things. Flashman, Prashma. But they were, it was always five guys, you know, different colors. Yeah. Two girls, yep. two or one girls getting a ro- you know, fight a guy. No, no, no. First you fight the, the things that are super weak. Right, that like a woman could hit with her purse and kill it, you know. <laughs> um, you fight those things first. Then the big monster comes. Then you got to change into your uh, color costume. Then you fight that thing. You guys put your weapons together, blow it up. Then some lady in space makes yeah. it grow. Rita
1: Repulsa.
0: Usually, yeah. Some she played a lot of them as a as the actress who was the evil witch lady.
1: Oh, really? She wasn't in in the, the, the same series?
0: character, yeah, but she played that more than once.
1: Oh, that's awesome, she was in isn't
0: Flash it? or no? She was in Mask Maskman for sure. I don't remember about Flashman. But anyways, then she makes it grow. You get in your robots. You build hunt, a bigger robot. Build a bigger robot. Then you uh, fight it, and then you get a sword, and then you cut it, or you super blast it, or whatever. That's like every episode.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: It's such a satisfying sequence of events, though. I just love, I just <laughs> love that. I could watch that it's happen um, over and over again.
1: That's like me in Sailor Moon. I never get tired of watching the transformation sequences or the attacks. It's just oh, always yeah. exciting and great every single time. It's that same whatever that is.
0: Yeah. I gotta I hear I hear Sailor Moon is pretty sophisticated. So I might try to check it out sometime.
1: It's a good mix of things. It can be very I'm talking about the original anime. Yeah. It can be very goofy, but it can also be very, very deep. And it's it's kinda one of those series you ever have a series where maybe you can't point to the best episode, but when you absorb a lot of it, it just becomes this it's like the more of it that you watch and absorb, the better and better it gets. Because mm. it keeps building on itself, but you may not be able to say, okay, this is the Emmy-winning episode. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Deep, Yeah. Deep Space Nine is kind of like that. I yes, I agree.
0: But one of the things that we don't share an interest in is uh, Star Wars, I think, right? Yes. I think you're not really into yes. that one. But...
1: I don't hate it. For the record, but it just doesn't capture my imagination like the opening of Musha might. I
0: have a hard time defending it.
1: I do. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I have a hard time defending it, but um, I did get really into it. Uh,
1: Why do you have a hard time defending it?
0: Because it is beloved. I like it more than I can rationalize. Oh, (laughs) liking it like Star Trek. I like talking about it a lot and I feel comfortable defending it
1: because it's mm-hmm. like
0: actually trying to like achieve this uh, intellectual purpose or whatever or even philosophical purpose
1: right, just trying to make some statements yeah well Star Wars is a good story it's an adventure story That's... <laughs> does anyone actually walk That's up to you on the street and get angry at you that, that you no. like Star Wars? I can't imagine somebody being angry at you you should never have to defend. Know, that. I'm just
0: angry at myself.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. But that's different.
0: I, I will. I think I can defend Star Wars, and I will try to defend Star Wars uh, more.
1: All right, that might be interesting.
0: You know, I think there's some music in Star Wars games too, and uh, maybe we could um, do an episode where we do where you. Play Star Trek tracks, and I'll play Star Wars tracks. And then oh, we'll then see we see
1: finally which one which one's comes better. out on top.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like this idea.
0: Maybe we could do it right here in the dungeon.
1: <laughs> should I wear my Star Trek uniform?
0: Oh yeah. I probably should. I like how you're not joking about
1: that. Patrons.
0: <laughs> uh, Uh, Keeglyph is not joking. I'm not
1: joking. I'm not joking. I am a Starfleet engineer, folks.
0: She has an enviable suit, though, I think. It looks really nice. Well, thank
1: you. I mean, you know, uh, Garrick is a good tailor, so...
0: You can't just leave tailoring to the replicators.
1: Right, exactly. No. It's not gonna come out right. Can I make a really random... Well, maybe I should Maybe I should save this. I'll, you know what? Forget it. Zoop. I'm going to save that for the episode. Oh, okay. When we oh, go so head to is, head. Oh, you're
0: you're already into it. I'm right, into I it. To... I'm into it. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> stinking wait. <laughs> All right. So stay tuned to the dungeon for Star Wars versus Star Trek. It's kind of far away from the stars down here in the dungeon. uh... Yeah, we're in
1: the wrong direction. But you know, it was kind of arduous getting back from the space base last time, so (laughs) I think we might want to just hang out on land for a while.
0: How did we do that?
1: Well, with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, I built that robot and we walked home.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of blood in the sky. I remember that.
1: It was a bloody road back (laughs) home. Bloody road.
0: All right well for this next track i'm gonna go with a golf game let's listen to Mm. oh hey it's the carrot man when did he get here uh maybe he well you know he grows underground maybe so oh maybe he's like a root or a tuber or something Here he's telling me to make some corrections. On episode 15, for example, I said that our first two tracks sounded sad and lilting. In some definitions of the word lilting, that is impossible. Cause lilting actually meant like light and happy.
1: Oh, interesting. I always thought lilting just meant undulating.
0: Uh, undulating. I kind of thought it meant more like, uh, not undulating, but sort of sashaying. (laughs) Maybe something. It sounds
1: so nerdy right now.
0: (laughs) Something that could be lilting to me. It, it, maybe it reminded me of, I don't know. It just sounded delicate Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to me. So, um, I said our first two choices were sad and lilting. I guess I kind of meant. They, were, they had a light touch, but they had a kind of sentimental, melancholy light touch, however possible that is.
1: I get you. So well, I think the Carrot Man has a vocabulary correction for me as well. <gasps> so way back in episode six, I used the word enigmatic in oh. a very strange way. No, I I'm... think what I meant to say was amicable. I had some... I have this thing I think I've mentioned before where I'm about to say a word and I feel like I know the consonants in it, yeah. but I can't quite put my finger on it, so my brain just goes for something that sounds approximately the same, and sometimes they don't mean at all what I want them to mean. So I probably should have said amicable. Alright, well, something. we
0: won't get too deep into that one, but go <laughs> back to episode, what, five and check it out? Yep. Alright.
1: Oh wait, no episode that was episode six. Oh episode
0: six. Well from episode five, hmm. Hobie says Was this in the comment section?
1: No, this was an email and this was regarding the Panzer Dragoon saga discussion that we had.
0: Oh, okay. Um, Well, Hobie wrote in and he said, I believe the language is made up for the Panzer Dragoon games. I'm pretty sure I read before about it with people asking why the dialogue was left in Japanese back in the day by people expecting an English translation that didn't know Japanese either. Also, Panzer is German for armor and Dragoon used to mean mounted infantry so you're riding mounted on an armored dragon.
1: Right, because we were having the discussion of Does uh, dragoon mean dragon? But I and guess- I said, oh yeah, probably! But I guess technically it would
0: mean like a- an armored horse could also be a panzer dragoon?
1: I suppose.
0: Uh, or something like that?
1: Something like that.
0: Um, that's interesting that there's German in it.
1: Well, yeah, that game is an interesting mix of everything
0: yeah japan likes to imagine that they were in europe you know japan would have (laughs)
1: loved
0: to have been in europe yeah (laughs) fight you know fighting it out with other castles and stuff like that yeah yeah but uh you know they just stuck on that island all the way over there just dreaming about it
1: (laughs) Hmm. in episode 16 so the episode that just happened This is really embarrassing. I said that K.K. Slider of Animal Crossing had a patch over his eye. He doesn't. I was just remembering his very prominent eyebrows. I don't know. I saw very clearly in my mind that he had a patch over his eye, like one of the Dalmatians from 101 Dalmatians, but he doesn't. Sorry.
0: Oh, interesting. You know, um, I've been thinking a lot about K.K. Slider lately. This is off topic (laughs) a little bit, but... I remember my uh, roommate, Sherlon, he was like, we asked him if he wanted to go somewhere or something like that on a Friday night, and he was hesitant because he wanted to hear K.K. Slider, I think at the bar or something. Yeah! It's not, but it's not that he didn't want to go. He just had this moment of like, oh, but I was going to do something. And then he realized what he was going to do and it, that it was kind of silly or something like that but but
1: that's a real thing that's a real phenomenon yeah. i'll be i'll be sitting there and i'll be like oh i feel like i'm supposed to do something at 2:30 oh crap lobo's supposed to be coming to my house
0: oh yeah that's I'm funny. not
1: there he's going to be so insulted i got to go
0: so i just think that's kind of cool the way nintendo designed that game to be like integrated with your real life in a way yeah it's way. true yeah so it's like, it's a
1: very interesting game setup yeah. I used to think, because uh, people had recommended it to me a lot, because I also like the Harvest Moon games, and people suggested to me that if you like Harvest Moon, you'll probably like Animal Crossing. I didn't purposely buy it. I bought um, a Nintendo DS XL, DSi XL, and it came with Animal Crossing, which is very cool. But I thought I was going to be really stressed out and uh, kind of made sad by the game, because time is always going on it's linked to real time so every second in the real world is a real second in the game um well maybe not exactly no yeah every second it is yes every second because kk slider on time right exactly so i used to think that i would be really stressed out because you know friends would move away things might happen that i would miss if i were doing something in the real world and um i get really stressed out by that But um, I've played Animal Crossing for a while, and it's. Somehow it doesn't make you feel bad about that. I've played other games that make you feel bad if you're not there in (sighs) game for certain things. But Animal Crossing just makes you accept that, like, things change. People move on, friends go away, new friends come in, and it's just kind of part of this large experience.
0: You know, I gotta say, Satoru Iwata, he does seem invested in the idea of. Having healthy players, like healthy human beings, as his customer base, Uh, which kind of reached its peak, its head, I think, with the Wii, and then found out, oh, actually, people don't like playing video games to exercise that much. But they don't. The I mean, everybody wanted to get the Wii Fitness Board, and then everybody threw it in their closet.
1: Oh. There are
0: many dusty Wii fitness boards. I'll tell you what. In the world, oh. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, um... Carrot Man. Uh, We just got sidetracked a little bit. No, we see you. <laughs> um... So, anything else for us? Hmm. Yes. Oh. You, you knew this was coming, Emily. Yes. And actually, you've been making a... Big deal out of it. Um, that you, that I forgot to say his name at the end of uh, episode four, fifteen. Yeah, at the end of episode fifteen. Even though he recommended a track that we used, I didn't see his name when I was looking over our uh, our little script that we use to um, guide us through each episode. Emily is usually very good about, um, making these scripts up, but with my inability to, uh, scan these, uh, the scripts quick enough, I, I missed Maxwell. So, I just want to say I'm sorry. Um, and you know what? I have a very special way that I want to tell you I'm sorry, Maxwell. Uh, have a seat, Carrot, man. I'm going to, I'm going to get the karaoke machine. Emily, are you ready for this?
1: I think... Yeah, hold on. Let me just... I'm going to sit next to the carrot man.
0: Maxwell, we promised you a special surprise if you came down here into the uh, dungeon. Um, Because we we do want to apologize. Especially me. (laughs) Alright. So, I picked a song that I would sing over from Super Black Bass 3. And... I'm sorry, Maxwell. Maxwell. Everybody just wanted to blame Keegan for an egregious error. You've been great. Uh, I just want to thank the producers Matt and Jim. I just want to thank the mom and dad because Maxwell. But I gotta come Keep... back. Uh, I left this. I left the room. Uh, exited stage <laughs> left. But now here I'm back. Uh, yeah. But you so weren't I just, done yet. Just wanted to say, Maxwell, sorry. Um, I don't know whose fault it was that you know. Like, but um.
1: I think you made it pretty clear. Oh. Will you give me that microphone? Give me the microphone. Oh, all right. All right, Maxwell. Look, I have my own version of events. So I'm going to thank you in the same way, but over a different track. So this track is from Mother, and the song title is Pollyanna, but I'm calling my version a Pollyanna apology (laughs) to apologize to you. So here we go. You get off the stage, Josh. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thanks. (laughs) You know, sometimes when you're working on a podcast... Things go wrong. <laughs> this is my attempt to yeah. set things right. Maxwell7301. Last time when our jukebox run was done, well, Josh, he kinda screwed things up. And if you haven't noticed, I've been thrown under the bus. But just trust me when I say, I'm sorry, dude. How could Josh and I have been so rude? <laughs> We love our patrons so much. Do you think you'll forgive us? Doesn't matter if you're human or a robot overlord. We should never leave a patron's name unsaid when Josh and I record. chord. ba da
0: Oh, yeah, well, that was very nice. I kind of feel bad for selling you out to the uh, robot army there.
1: You know, I think, I think we can be friends after this. I think we'll be all right. Wonderful. I hope Maxwell's all right, though.
0: Maxwell, um, yeah, we do apologize. Thank you for letting us make a big deal out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry
0: for consistently uh, characterizing you as a robot. But,
1: Unless you like that. You
0: know, yeah. I, I kind of hope he does like it, and I feel like it's a good look for him. Actually, uh, <laughs> first of all, his name sounds like a robot overlord's name. Right. But also the tracks he, ch- he chose do have this, like, cybernetic something to them. Mm-hmm. S- specifically, like, the uh, idea of a robot liaison. His last couple tracks, I feel like, are a friendly robot somehow. Mm. Friendly robot sound.
1: Well, I hope we didn't let him down too badly. And hope this makes up for it in some small way.
0: I'm sh- I mean, it's pretty it's pretty elaborate. <laughs> it's a pretty elaborate apology. Hope- oh,
1: you know, it's just the thing. I just, you know, I wrote it in like really quickly. Actually, no, I'm, I'm joking about that but I did, in fact, write this very quickly. Oh, yeah. Which surprised me. The words just kind of fell out of my brain like it was meant to be
0: oh yeah when you got a song uh, a little melody up in there you got some uh, a message it all co- can all come together and that's one of the things I like about video game music you know uh, you got little melodies dancing around in your head so if you have a message uh, put it together we'll play some cari- I'd love to get oh, a guest oh what a cool karaoke. idea yeah I yeah If you have a karaoke for us, go ahead and email it on over to us at thevgmjukebox at gmail.com. In addition to that, you can email us with any uh, requests you have or any questions or just something you want to share with us.
1: We do love the sharing. You can also visit us on our blog and see our most recent episodes, thevgmjukebox.blogspot.com and there are also some short links for suggesting tracks to us there which we play at the regular bar meetups when we are not hanging out in the dungeon
0: we also have a comment page, you know a lot of people comment on the blog um, and there's been a lot of lively discussion there Um, but if you would like to discuss the show on Twitter you can find us at at vgmjb.
1: right if you're more into very short conversations (laughs) uh, of about 160 characters each please visit us on Twitter we also have a Facebook page now facebook.com slash the VGM jukebox and you know we don't really know what we're doing with the social media exactly yet but we wanted to make some spaces for all of you to communicate with each other um, and sometimes have conversations with us so please if that's your thing have fun talk to us talk to each other
0: yeah um don't have too much fun though remember to come back to the comment section on the blog yeah
1: that's where the meat really is yeah the the meat based comments from our <laughs> meat, meat based listeners
0: <laughs> all right um we would love it if you would rate and review the podcast on itunes um any more people we can get at the bar, that's fantastic. And I think if you rate and review it, it uh, makes us more visible to others in the iTunes store. By the way, how are you going to get down?
1: I have no idea.
0: Wait, let me see. Um, I have this uh, sword over here. Mm. I don't know if you want to really grab the edge of this sword, though.
1: Mm-mm. Hmm. Do you have like a grappling hook? Uh, Did we ever find a grappling hook down here?
0: You know, uh, I'll a go. Hook shot.
1: A hook shot. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: I'll
1: Where ha- do we put the hook shot?
0: Uh, I'll have to go look for it, I guess. Um, but oh, man. hopefully, I get you down in time for next week's meetup at the jukebox. And then the week after that, we'll be back in the dungeon. Unless or we just. maybe stay I'll here.
1: just be in the dungeon. <laughs>
0: yeah. Alright, so wish us luck. Patriots. Yep.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye-bye.